Welcome to the Nick Fong Podcast. As the broker and owner of Ronaval Real Estate, Nick has spent nearly 20 years in Baja, California, sir. And in this podcast, he'll be talking everything Baja, from food and culture to real estate and property management. And now, here's your host, Nick Fong. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is Eduardo Chavez, attorney and immigration specialist. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. So the reason why I wanted you on the podcast, Eduardo, is a lot of our, the majority of our clients are American Canadian foreigners to Mexico. Uh-huh. And the topic of immigration always comes up. And so I think the questions, the information we're going to bestow on everyone is going to be very helpful. So why don't we start off with a little bit about who you are, where are you originally from? I'm from Guadalajara. Mm -hmm. I was born in Guadalajara and I did all my legal apprentice there. Yes. I I did the university and master's Mm -hmm. in Guadalajara. And then I started to move into Guerrero State as a district attorney. Oh. That's why that's why I moved here, pretending to be district attorney, but with the experience that I have, uh, immigration hired me. Okay. Yeah. So you actually worked in the government immigration office? Yes, actually. Uh-huh. I worked there uh, twice. Mm-hmm. The first time in 2000, 2003 to 2005 as the chief of the legal department. Mm-hmm. And the second time uh, in 2016, just for almost a year as the subdelegado or number two in the state. You can say that. So you know so, immigration. I know immigration okay. rules. And yeah. So talking about immigration and um, the importance of that, if I'm American by birth, right? And mm-hmm. so when I came here 20 years ago, I came into Mexico on a tourist visa. Yeah. And even to this day, uh, our clients can purchase real estate on a tourist visa, mm-hmm. but what are the benefits that someone has of getting a resident visa? Okay, you are a, you can purchase a property being legal resident, uh-huh. legal in the legal in the country. With a tourist visa, you are legal, but as soon as you are becoming investor, mm-hmm. when you purchase a property, you are not um, you are not anymore a tourist, and mm-hmm. then you are attached with taxes. Property taxes and right. anything related with your property, and then it's advice advisable to become resident. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are there different variations mm-hmm. of resident visas? Yeah, the first one is the temporary residency, mm-hmm. and the second one is permanent residency. The temporary residency it's a residence for if you don't want to stay permanently. In Mexico. By the name of uh-huh. uh, temporary. Yeah, and then, but in that migratory condition, mm-hmm. it has to be renewed. Uh-huh. And you have to be, you have to complete four years as a temporary resident. Right. After four years, you can choose to become permanent or leave the country. That's why they say if you've been here for four years, it's because we understand that you want to become permanent. Okay, so is that a hard um, decision someone has to make? Like, you have to say, yes, I want to continue being a resident visa, so I must convert my temporary to permanent? No, it's a right that you have. It's okay, a right you don't that have you to have. do it. It's a right, but if you don't want, you, look at, you let it expire, and that's all. Okay. It ends there. Okay, and then 
The temporary resident visas, you said you have to renew it. How often do you have to renew that? It's for temporary, for one, two, or three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's depending, there are working visas that uh, the contract is for one year, and then you're in a, the employer or request to renew mm -hmm. for one year only because they are hiring you for one year. And, and sometimes when you are just resident, like a retired, mm -hmm. you can do it for one, two or three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what are the advantages of having a permanent visa compared to a temporary visa? According to Mexican law, the first, uh, the first one, the benefit, it's that you can become Mexican. Okay. To become Mexican, you have to be five years as a resident, mm -hmm. then you can add the temporary with the permanent. Mm -hmm. You have the rights to become a Mexican. But the permanent residency also allows you to be, if you're going to sell your property, mm -hmm. it allows you to, to get uh, the, an exemption. Right. It's, it's an exem exemption, no total, but it's right. an exemption. Well, if you are selling your house that it's more than a million dollars, there's a limit. Correct. That the notaries, they have a, a, a base. Yeah. But if you are uh, selling your property of 200, 500, you can deduct. Yes. Free from capital uh -huh. gains taxes. But it, it, it's a tool. In the last years, just to having the permanent residency was enough. And yes. the utility bill on your name was enough. But right now, there's more requirements, requirements like the RFC, RFC and, that, that, that. Yes. and you have to prove that you that the main tax residency is here. Yeah, but uh, I think that the accountants they don't they know they know how to do it. It's flexible. There's yes. flexibility in that. But so. the most important is the permanence. Yes. Sometimes there are notaries that with the temporary residency they allow it. Even in 2022, that's still yes. possible. Uh -huh. Some notaries, okay. Temporary and permanent. Then if you are doing some kind of selling, mm -hmm. you have to talk to the notary just mm -hmm. to find out if he agrees or not. But the, the most of them is permanent. What if I want to set up a Mexican corporation as a foreigner? Is it a requirement to have a temporary or permanent resident visa? Right now, the notaries are allowing tourist visa. Okay, uh -huh. so you don't have to have temporary or permanent resident no. visa to open a Mexican company. But the advisable is to be temporary or permanent. Right. Because if not, you are not going to be able to do any banking, nothing. And then you, and the moment <clears throat> that you open the corporation, you're going to have to designate Mexican or a foreigner with a residency as a power of attorney to do all that. Yes. And you will be out of the scene. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's interesting because you have the government requirements and also banking requirements. Yeah. And then, of course, every bank has separate requirements. Now the right. banks, if you have a debit or card, if you want to renew it, mm -hmm. they don't renew it if you don't have the residency. Because many people got their bank debit account. card, bank, bank account, and they let the residency card expire. And then when they come back to the, hey, this is my, my debit card is expired. Where is your residency card? Right. I'm not anymore. So I it's can't. important to be in touch with someone like yourself, an immigration attorney, mm -hmm. to know those kind of things or be in touch with your real estate agent. Yes. Um, but the recording of this is we're in April 2022. And so as of today, this is the most yes. up-to-date information. Yes, because in, as you know, being 20 years here in this country, every year or almost every half year, things change. What about the cost and time to get each of these visas? 
Right now, because the COVID, but the COVID is diminishing, but right now, the most hassle, the, the worst, uh, it's to get an appointment to the Mexican consulate. Okay. If you don't have any relative here, if you are not married with a Mexican, or if you don't have a Mexican children, mm-hmm. you have to go directly to the Mexican consulate to make an appointment to be resident based on your savings or your income. Okay. Or your retiring records. Okay, so the Mexican consulate, is that in your hometown or here in Mexico? No, the Mexican consulates are outside of... Outside Mexico. of... So if I'm from Chicago, you, the you Mexican consulate in Chicago. There because like two, one or two years ago, you, you were able to go to anyone. Right. But now they are asking to go to the Mexican consulate where you have your address. So if you're in Dallas, Texas, the Dallas, Texas Mexican consulate. Yeah, because every consulate is different. They are consulates more flexible. Right. And then you can try. Many people try to go to San Diego, but they are rejected. But if they go to Arizona or somewhere else, they are fine. There. And when they start with the Mexican consulate, what's the next step? What, what are they doing at the Mexican consulate? At the Mexican consulate, you have to bring... Bank statements. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bank statements that, that shows uh, an amount that I will be glad to share any, because every case is particular. Everyone, this is why Eduardo is so valuable. He's giving us the step-by-step procedures, but I know because we send a lot of clients your way <laughs> is contact him, contact me, and you'll walk them through yes. these steps. I inform them, whatever the amounts are, you need to bring if you are not a retired, you have to show 12 bank statements. The last 12 months. The last 12 months with a minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you are retirement, you have to show the last six months statements where your retirement is deposited. What's the reasoning behind that by the Mexican government? They want to try or, or prove that you are solvency. You have mm-hmm. solvency, you have solvency to, to be in Mexico. So you're not going to be a financial burden. That's the most of the, the reason, but... Right. Especially with Canadians or, or United, United States citizens. I, the minimum I, I, requirement's easy. To, uh-huh, it's right. easy, but uh, because there are many people wanting to come here. The Mexican consulate, they, does, they don't do only visas. That's right. They do attention to all the Mexicans, all the nationals that they are living on abroad. Yes. And that's why they have many things, passports, voting cards, everything. And then there's only a small department of visas. That's right. why... The appointments are so long right now, but all the people made it. Okay. Because some of them, the first five, four emails, hey, I can't contact them. You need to try. You need to try and yeah. send them, call them, or go knock the door. So we get past the first step, Mexican consulate. What's the next step? In the Mexican consulate, in the interview, they're going to have an interview and show all the documents. And they're going to, the most important uh, question that they ask is, why do you, you want to come to Mexico? Uh-huh. And how long are you going to pretend to stay? Right. Every year. And some people say, no, only two months or something like that. That's a mistake because I, I always tell them, you have to say that you, wanna, that you want to stay at least six months right. in Mexico every year. The six months doesn't have to be in a row. Correct. But you have to convince them or just let them know that you have to be more than six months. Right. That doesn't have to be true right. because nobody can prove the future. Yep. But it's the intention. intention. It's right. the intention to be more than six months. And many of the people that go to the consulates and want to become resident is because they want to be more than six months. Exactly. 
But somebody, I they don't can know, make the mistake and uh-huh. say, oh, I'm just going to go two months and then. Yeah, they, because no. they say, I'm going to be resident, but when I retire later. But right now, just one month or two weeks every year. But th- that's not good because they're going to tell them, no, uh, you need a tourist visa. Okay, so you do the interview with the consulate. What else? It's everything. It's okay uh, with the statements and with the interview, they're going to stamp a sticker in okay. your passport. It's a little sticker square. That, that is a visa de canje. It's not a visa, it's a, it's a residency authorization. Okay. For you, it's only for six months. Okay. That sticker visa has your name, your passport number, your birthday, all your information. That document is on the federal Level. cloud system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because when that uh, document, it says, when well, it's in Spanish, but it says valid until this day, to this mm-hmm. day, six months, but it says valid only one entry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to use it just one time. When you be ready, you have to prepare enough time to do the paperwork here. You have to use it and show it. Very important because I have been a lot of problems. When you arrive to the, no matter if you come for family where they don't have it. Yes. If you don't want to be rude and not using the Mexicans line and go with them in the normal lines, show that visa to the immigration guys. Yes. Because if you don't show the, that visa, they're going to give you a tourist visa. Yeah. I call you tourist, but it's FMM. Uh-huh. The FMM is a multiple migratory format. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to give you one as a tourist. Yes. Because it's multiple. It's for tourists, for canje, for, for many things, uh-huh. for just pass. But in this case, if you don't show it, they're going to give you a tourist card, a tourist, a tourist status. And when, if you go to immigration, they're going to deny, they're going to say no. You can't do the canje, the residency, because you enter as a tourist. Yeah. We can do it if you fix that. You have to leave all the documents here and request it. And we have to send all the information to the airport and to the federal system because they need to change the registration yeah. into the system to change it as our exchange. Canje. So avoid that. That's tip number one. Show, show the tourist show the, the visa the that visa. you got at the U, at the Mexican consulate in your hometown to the immigration officer at the airport. airport or in the border, border because many driving. people drive they want to drive at night and they say there were nobody at the border. Always there are somebody sleeping by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, ask customs. Right. Customs they are always there many. Where is immigration? You have to go there. Yeah. You, you need a stamp and you're going to need a, the, the same. Yeah. It's going to have the stamp of a little car. I don't know if it's because some of them, they receive the payments there. Yes. Some of them not. And then you have to wait on the, to the other day to go to the bank and pay for the fee of the, of the FMM, of the tourist card. Mm-hmm. Because the airlines, they already included in the ticket. Yes. But when you cross the border, it's not included. And you, you, have, pay. you have to pay the... The rights of the entry fee. Yes. Uh-huh. And they're going to give you a receipt if they take the payments at the immigration office in the border. But if not, you have to wait to go to the bank at the following day and come back with the receipt. Got it. Because if not, if you're going to be driving, driving down, you're going to be driving as illegal. And, and here, Cabo is not a port of entry. Driving is not a port of entry. Only by airport and by boat. But how are you going to prove that? came in a plane what is your rest okay so once again great reason why you want someone like eduardo (laughs) to be helping you 
Hey, thanks for being a part of the Nick Fong podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest updates. And if you're watching this on our social channels, please like and share. And if you want to be featured or you want me to talk on a certain topic, food, activities, culture, real estate in the Baja, drop a comment. So when you come into the airport, it seems to me ideally, and you get the stamp, then what? They're going to give you the FMM for 30 days. Right. Okay. Because to continue the residency process mm-hmm. by law is 30 days. You have 30 days to go to immigration office mm-hmm. to start the process because when you got the necessary tools, but you have to get the file completed. Here in Mexico. In yes. Mexico. At uh, that moment, I always ask, uh, tell my clients, as soon as you enter, sometimes, because if they are very short time, like a week or two weeks, stop by in my office or the following day, because you need to give me your passport, your, your FMM, mm-hmm. and then I have to create the file, because the, that file has to be submitted at migration as soon as possible yep. for you to get the resident card. Okay, when that happens, then what? When I have the file completed, I set an appointment mm-hmm. with the client at the immigration to be there and to process the, the file. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's still within the 30 days? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You have to go the following or the next two days because sometimes happens that the federal government, there's no system, there's no paint for the car, something, something happens. And mm-hmm. then it's better if they have the reception stamp yeah. within the 30 days. Okay. And then it's not your problem. If, the, if that is the situation, if not, it can be done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when all that process is done, is it what happens next? When the process is authorized yeah. and everything is okay, I receive an email from immigration. And then at that moment, we have to take the fingerprints and picture and they print the card the same day. So from the very first, if I call you today, I'm in Chicago, Illinois, Eduardo, I want to get my temporary resident visa. I go to the Mexican consulate and I start the, that yes. process, right? From that day to that last point that you said with the fingerprints and everything, how much time are we? Doing? I can calculate only mm-hmm. as they arrive. Okay, so yes, because when they start to do the appointment at the Mexican consulate, I don't know when they're going to have the appointment. Okay. Sometimes two weeks, three weeks, three months. So I get the stamp. Right, in my passport, I come to Mexico. Yeah, because then you're gonna decide when to come because they tell me, they send me a picture. Hey, I got the the, uh-huh. the sticker. All right, just plan your trip to be here at least two weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like, it's about two weeks uh-huh, okay. because I need to create all the the file. Okay, I say two weeks, but if, when they enter, I always request, please send me a picture of what document immigration gave you at the airport or, yep. and that's why because I need to be sure that they got the, the proper entry right because when they have the 180 days say no we're gonna need to fix this first when are you leaving that day okay you have to do it very fast because I need to get this fixed mm-hmm. before I submit your file because if not okay so don't. from the time they come in back into Mexico and are with you at the immigration office about a two-week process? One, two weeks, uh, depending the... Because right now, uh, there's many people going to immigration office and there's no... The appointment system is down. Mm -hmm. 
and now you have to be there early as possible and get a number. Yeah. The last time I was there, like uh, Tuesday, they, they gave only 25 numbers. Okay. But the last week, there were 10, 15. Mm. It's depending because when the appointment system was good, you, you were able to do appointments for June, July, May. Mm-hmm. They need to check how many appointments that they have that day mm-hmm. because the appointment system is down, but they have to be continue with the appointments that were granted. Right. And then check how many appointments they have for that day. And according for that, they give several numbers. All right. So here's a question. Can I bypass a temporary resident visa and go straight to a permanent resident visa? Uh, there's only one way to pass from temporary to permanent, and it's uh, showing income. But uh, let me, can I yeah. check the, uh, because I, I just updated a... This is real live information, mm-hmm. and as what we were talking about earlier, this stuff always is changing, so we're yeah. always checking. You have to, if you are temporary uh-huh. and want to become permanent, you have to bring 12 bank statements. Okay. They have to be translated into Spanish by a Mexican translator, mm-hmm. but the statement has to have at least a balance of $121,000 monthly balance. Average. Average, every month, monthly. Okay. Not less. Yes. Because if you go less in one month, then no good. No good. Uh-huh. And can it be a combination of accounts? Like they are say investments, investments okay. or two accounts. Okay. The, the, the investment, or if you have a, a property mm-hmm. here, a fideicomiso, you can you can use the value of the, the value property. of it, the, the purchase ah. value. So if you bought a two hundred thousand dollar property, that would qualify. It's it, it helps because you have to be solvency. Uh-huh. Okay. But if you have the the fideicomiso, uh-huh. it, it help helps you a lot. Okay. Uh-huh. If you are retired, it's less. You have to show. 2,500 US dollars for the last six months. 2,500? 2,500 per mes. It's a lot less, no? Uh But that's why it's not that easy. Uh But some people I've seen like just a few, but uh, because then, hey, I got the the required amount, Uh right? Then get the statements and send it to me because I need to translate them into into Spanish. Spanish. By an official translator. That's and you right. know the official translator, they charge like $30, $40 per page. page. Yes. And then they have to take that yes. into. Okay, so there is a way to go to jump the temporary residency. There is visa. a way. Yeah, and, and you have to show the balance. That balance is not included like mortgages or nothing. Okay. It has to be the income balance. Okay. Because immigration, they check that out. Okay. You have to make sure that your income investments uh-huh. are of that amount. Okay, uh-huh. got it. I can be more precisely when some somebody says, "Okay, I, I want to try this," and then I communicate directly and send. And I'm assuming year to year that requirement can change. Also, every year change. Right. Every year change. So uh-huh. even more important, uh-huh. get in touch with someone like Eduardo. If you see the, this podcast uh, next year, it might be out of date. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. But a lot of the information when I first moved here is still much the same. But it was a lot easier for me to get my temporary resident visa than my permanent. And now I'm a Mexican citizen. Oh, congratulations. So Mexican citizens, you can vote. Right? Uh-huh. 
I can't take political office because I wasn't born here, right? Or can I? The Constitution says in every every case. Uh-huh. I think for Mexican president, no. But for the, for another, you have to be born in, in Mexico. Okay. But some positions maybe Some I position, can. no, just to be Mexican. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to run for politics. No, <laughs> not, not in the cards for me. Okay, so that is temporary, permanent resident. Permanent. What about cost? What is the cost to get a temporary resident visa inclusive of your fee? It's around, I only, I give, well, in dollars, it's like $580 or something okay. like that. Uh-huh. So not, it's a nominal amount, not a yeah, huge amount. Not a huge amount. And the permanent is like 750 something okay. like that. And mm-hmm. then if someone is already a permanent resident visa holder and wants to be a Mexican citizen, that is a possibility, mm-hmm. but now it's more difficult. The government is, is getting this, putting the possibility for somebody to help. Okay. That in my case, I used to do citizenship, but now I, I'm not doing anymore okay. because I believe the office in La Paz was closed because COVID and some uh-huh. internal problems. And every, every citizenship, process, citizenship process, you have to go to Mexico City. Oh, okay. So it definitely makes it more difficult. So it's a right good now, thing yes. I did, I right did now, that yes. years ago. Three or four years ago was possible. But Do they no. still have the exam that you have to take in Spanish? It's more difficult now. Oh, it is? If you are uh, less than 60, uh-huh. yes. There was a, a time that they give you 100 questions and yeah. you just study it and memorize. But now they give you several books. How do you say? The biography? No. And way. you need to learn and to... Yeah, because it's culture, it's history, politics, yeah. it's uh, geography, mm-hmm. capitals, yeah, and number you need, of states. Don't don't ask me because I forgot it all after I. <laughs> no, no, it. no. They, the people, many people that I know that they become Mexicans years ago, uh, they don't speak Spanish, <laughs> and they <laughs> passed they, it, right? I mean, they passed it, but, or they did a very easy test, or yeah. something like because if you have the question and answers, just memorize them. Yeah, it it made it really easy. Well, Uh this has been really valuable, and I'm sure a lot of you have found this very interesting, very valuable. But really, in my opinion, you need to use an expert because of the way the laws, the rules change, and it's just easier. I mean, $580, $700, inclusive of Eduardo's feet, well worth it. Um, So thank you, Eduardo. You're welcome, and hoping... To contact me, you have my information. Yes, uh, we'll make sure to include it so you can get a hold of Eduardo. Mm -hmm. And everyone, until the next one, bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nick Fong Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ronaval Real Estate. And follow Nick on Instagram at nickfong underscore Ronaval. Ready to find your Baja dream home? Check out the latest property listings at ronaval.com or findmexicohouses.com. Hasta luego.